Welcome to the Still Study Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Ritz here from the Still Study, welcoming you to episode number 20 of the show. Today is Saturday, September 11th, 2021, and want to start the show by just taking a moment to honor and recognize those who lost their lives in the tragedy of 9-11 20 years ago an unspeakable unthinkable tragedy occurred that shook America to its core many heroes emerged on that day looking out for each other caring for each other the country rallied came back together strong, and today we honor the men and women who were the heroes on September 11th, 2001. So again, very important to reflect on that day, and on a more uplifting note, This is the weekend that your Pittsburgh Steelers square off, face off, line up against the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park on Sunday, 1 p.m., and the wait is finally over. The NFL season kicked off Thursday night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sneaking by the Cowboys was a close game. I don't know if I could deal with a heartbeater like that. Man, if I was a fan of either the Cowboys or Bucks, games that come down to the wire like that, you know what I'm talking about. Your heart beats racing. You're trying to influence the game with your movements. You're shifting and squirming around. You're doing your little dances or maneuvers to try to have some type of cosmic influence on the game. I know I do that kind of crazy nonsense. Maybe you don't. But I hope it is a game in which the Steelers go in, smash, rack up points, shut them down, pack up, and leave town. But the reality is it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight one. I know a lot of the prognosticators have the Steelers losing. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody who is selecting the Steelers to win. Yours truly is. But I like that underdog role for the Steelers. And really, that's not just heading into this Buffalo contest. That's for the entire 2021 season. And we're going to get into that, my prediction for the game. Published the prediction article on Friday. Hopefully you've read that by now. If you haven't, please check that out. I also posted my season preview last weekend. You could see my projection for the entire season. And as I talked about on an earlier study session this past week, I am projecting Ben's stats weekly based on his historical performances against the opponent. 
and looking at his career statistics. So check that out as well. But before we get into the game preview, just want to put this TJ Watt saga to bed. That finally has concluded. He has signed his new deal. It's a four-year extension, $112 million, $80 million guaranteed. That was the big sticking point is that guaranteed money and how much the Steelers were willing to guarantee to TJ. And it ended up being a heck of a lot, $80 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. And there are questions out there, you know, is he worth that type of cash? Is he a generational type talent? Is he a game-changing player? And I would say he's in between. I don't know if he is a generational talent. He is an elite ball player, but I think his best years are yet to come. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he hasn't had great years because he has, but he hasn't had that game-defining moment, that game-changing play. If you think of Troy Polamalu, some of those games against Baltimore where he's flying in off the edge, caused a sack on Flacco, or even in that AFC Championship contest, the pick six against Flacco to take the team to the Super Bowl. Watt hasn't had that type of moment. Now, I know Polamalu is on another level, another stratosphere. In my opinion, he's in the argument for the best Steelers player of all time. But I think that's what we need to see from Watt this year. We need to see that game-changing moment where he's able to take the team, put him on his shoulders, and single-handedly be the leader to lead them to victory. And with this new contract, I think he understands the responsibility he now has because not only is he the highest-paid stealer, he is the highest-paid defender in the NFL. And for those whom much is given, much is expected. And so what I think is going to happen here is we are going to see an even more motivated, even more intense output from TJ Watt. And I do believe he elevates his game this year and dominates. And I think that will start on Sunday. I know there's a lot of people who think, ah, you know, he's going to have a reduced snap count. Yeah, he's not going to be as effective. I don't believe that whatsoever. Sure, he's not fully in game shape because he hasn't practiced in training camp. He hasn't played in any of the preseason contests. But you're talking about an elite NFL athlete who has access to the best trainers, nutritionists, and dude is putting in work. He's always put in the work. There was a story yesterday floating around that Watts agents wanted to push the Steelers for more money for a larger contract, but Watts said, enough's enough. Apparently, he walked into Mr. Rooney's office and said, I'm signing the deal. It's done. And then he proceeded to leave and go to the weight room to work out. So I'm not buying any of that nonsense. In fact, I would not be surprised if Watt goes out there on Sunday and just balls out like I'm talking two or three sack stat line call me crazy I think he's going to be driven he's going to be a man possessed he will be a man possessed this weekend but anyway glad that is done glad that is behind the team glad they are able to move on glad that he got his guaranteed money that he wanted glad that he is now the highest paid defender in the NFL 
and we are on to Buffalo. Buffalo! We're battling some wings. The Buffalo Bills. Should just change your name to the Buffalo Buffalo Wings. Sponsored by B Dubs. Anyway, injury report yesterday. Got some good news on the injury front. Tyson Alualu. Alu Alu, excuse me. Practiced fully. He was battling some type of elbow injury. But he did practice and he is projected to play. We'll monitor his practice status on Friday. To see what transpires there. Kendrick Green was a full participant on Thursday. Again, when I'm recording this, I don't have the practice report from Friday, but it looks like Green will play. But interestingly enough, at the outside backer position, Alex Highsmith battling a groin. His status is in jeopardy for this weekend in terms of whether or not he will play. Friday is a big deal for him. Again, I don't have that information yet, but we'll monitor that. If he can't go, that means Melvin Ingram is going to get his first start opposite TJ. And how smart does that signing look now? That signing of Ingram. Because he's a legitimate, not only pass rusher, but he's stout against the run. And so it's great that he is available. And if it is the case that Highsmith can't go, that means Jameer Jones is going to get some snaps. And he's going to be thrust into the scene earlier than anticipated. Not just special teams, man. You're jumping in there in the rotation. So he'll get a chance. He'll get some baptism by fire to show what he could do rushing from the outside. Other than that, the team is relatively healthy going into the game, which is a blessing. If you look around the league, especially if you look at our AFC North rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, man, they have just been decimated by injuries, especially at the running back position. Having lost J.K. Dobbins, yesterday Gus Edwards tore his ACL, so he is now out for the season. Justice Hill was another running back that tore his ACL for the Ravens. So that's three running backs that they lost. They signed Le'Veon Bell. He now becomes their featured runner. But that running game took a shot. That's such a big part of their offense. There are questions now in terms of how that impacts the offense and how they're going to have to adjust and shift. It's going to put more of the onus on Lamar Jackson to accelerate in the passing game. But also Marcus Peters was lost for the Ravens as well. Stud cornerback, torn ACL. So the Steelers need to be counting their blessings that they haven't had that type of injury yet. We know that Stephon Tewitt is out. He's on injured reserve, as is Zach Banner, as is Anthony McFarlane. They're eligible to come back after three games. Hopefully none of those are season long, but hopefully there is no injury in this opening contest against the Bills. You know, that first contest where players are playing for a full 60 minutes for the first time 
since last season, typically there can be injuries. So we've got to be hopeful that that doesn't occur. And if they can continue to stay healthy, I mean, that's a big thing in terms of competing in this league is avoiding those major injuries. And unfortunately, that they're part of the game. But hopefully, they dodge any of those types of bullets this weekend. And studying, I am able to bring you an updated injury report. Was able to provide an edit here. But Alex Highsmith did, in fact, practice fully on Friday. And he is now deemed questionable for the game Sunday. And he should be able to go. So that's positive news on the Steelers front. Everybody will play who was on the injury list this week. So that's great to hear. And then the opposite side for the Buffalo Bills, Star Lutalele, defensive lineman, has been rolled out for the game. So that potentially could be significant in terms of the Steelers' running game versus their run defense. So we'll have to see how that pans out. And then also Emmanuel Sanders, Yeah, you remember him. That Emmanuel Sanders is questionable heading into Sunday's contest. Former Steelers wide receiver. There's a question as to whether or not he will play on Sunday. So that wraps up the injury report. At least we know what to expect. Things look promising for the Steelers. They are healthy heading into this contest. And they're going to need all bodies, all hands on deck as they take on the Buffalo Bills. And so let's get into a game prediction here. Week one. If you read my season preview, you you already know which direction I'm going with this game. But I'm going to talk you through my logic and how I see this playing out. And we're going to start by looking at last season's matchup in which the Steelers lost. They dropped that contest to the Bills in Buffalo. Ben Roethlisberger did not have a great showing. And I'm going to start there by taking a look at the offensive performance and and what transpired. And it starts with the running game was absolutely non-existent. Nothing could be generated on the ground. James Conner had a 1.8 yard per carry average. The other running backs didn't fare very well either. Overall, the running backs for the Steelers had a 2.8 yard average per carry. You'll often hear Dave Bryan from the Steelers Depot talk about that it's not yards per carry that's the indicator of running success. It's how effectively can you run the ball situationally. Well, the Steelers didn't do that either. Again, it was just a poor effort across the board. And because of that, that severely limited what the Steelers could do in the passing game. You know, it wasn't just in that Buffalo contest in which the 
horrible running game impacted the Steelers' offense. It was really after the first few games of the season where they became limited in their passing attack. And the team spent this entire offseason. It started with Mr. Rooney saying that they had to run the ball better. And from there, you get the drafting of Najee Harris. You see the purging of several veteran offensive linemen that had been there forever. Marquise Pouncey, Alejandro Villanueva, David DeCastro, retired, seemingly out of nowhere. And then you saw the draft movement selecting Kendrick Green in the third round, Dan Moore Jr. in the fourth round, both of whom will start on Sunday. Athletic, physical, offensive linemen. You add Trey Turner, who had pro Bowl seasons in Carolina. Chukawoma Okor for is stepping back into the lineup. He's probably the biggest question. And then you have Kevin Dotson in his second year, who is physical. And under the tutelage of Adrian Clem, new offensive line coach, physicality, physicality, physicality was being preached. We saw some of that in the preseason. And, oh, yeah, they drafted the best running back in all of college football out of Alabama, Najee Harris. So in terms of their actions... They are in alignment with boosting and improving that running game. And while we saw flashes in the preseason of what this running game can do, Sunday we really get to see what it's capable of. And it has to be better. Logically, it has to be better than what was showcased last season. I think we're going to see that. And my big prediction offensively, is that Najee Harris is going to have a big game. He's going to break 100 yards. He's going to score two touchdowns. He's going to be the reason why the Steelers are in this contest and ultimately the reason why the Steelers win this game. Again, gone are the days where Ben has to carry the team and throw 30, 40, 50 times. I believe his temps will be under 30 and the onus will be on Najee. Ben's not going to be a game manager. He's still going to make throws down the field, but the pressure is not going to be completely on him. And what that's going to do, it's going to open up that passing attack. We're going to see the play action attempts. We heard all off season about how Matt Canada is going to employ play action. We will see that tomorrow. We're going to see deep shots down the field. I'm expecting at least three deep balls. And my money is on Deontay, James Washington, one of those two of being that vertical threat down the field to take the top off the defense. But Najee is what gets this offense going on Sunday and puts them in a position to win. And I could envision that fourth quarter, he breaks off a carry to set up Chris Boswell to kick the game winner 26-24. Again, this is going to be Najee's coming out party. And defensively, the thing you have to keep in mind here 
is that when the Steelers played the Bills last season, they were missing several players. Devin Bush was out. They had a piecemeal inside linebacker unit. Robert Spillane, Avery Williamson. They couldn't cover anything. Now you have Bush back. He's had time to get healthy. And oh yeah, he's paired up with Joe Schobert, whose specialty is covering tight ends, covering the pass. Joe Hayden didn't play in that contest last year. He's back. That secondary has been retooled a bit. We're not sure what we're going to get out of Sutton. The outside linebacker crew is going to be stronger. TJ Watt will be playing. Highsmith will be available. He's going to be better in year two. You have Melvin Ingram to rotate in there. For me, I'm hearing a lot that this defensive unit is not going to be as good as it was last year. But what are the biggest losses? Two spots. Steven Nelson opposite Joe Hayden. I believe that Cameron Sutton could be just as good, if not better. And then your other loss is Bud Dupree. Now, you can make the argument that the drop-off from Bud to Alex Highsmith is significant, but Highsmith was the team's best player in the preseason. He consistently got pressure in every single preseason game. He hit the stats sheet with sacks. He played the run well. If Highsmith can close that gap, again, I think this is a better defense this year. And at the end of the season, I think this will once again be a top five defense and elite defense. And for that first half of that Buffalo game last year, the Steelers' defense held that Buffalo offense in check. For as high as a completion percentage that Josh Allen had last year, the Steelers held him to a mid-50% completion percentage. And that's saying a lot. It was only in the second half when Stephon Diggs went off and got his yardage. And the other thing you got to remember too, Ben threw a pick six that really, that altered the course of the game. I'm not sure what the statistics are about teams who win whenever their quarterback throws an interception for a touchdown, but it can't be good. That's just a soul crusher, a soul killer. But everything was stacked against them. I believe they played three games in 12 days or something ridiculous. So there were so many factors against the Steelers last year. Those factors aren't there anymore. That running game is better. They have a stud running back. The defense is healthy. They've got better players at key positions that were exploited last year. And here's the other thing. This team is being undersold. Nobody believes in this team. Tomlin's teams play the best when they have a chip on their shoulder, when nobody's expecting anything from them. And don't forget that Ben Roethlisberger got absolutely smashed and blasted this offseason, that he was washed up, he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that. He doesn't just magically forget about those things. So I think when you package all that together, the Steelers are coming out of Buffalo with a win on Sunday, 26-24. to As I said, Najee's going to have a run Late in that fourth quarter, that Buffalo defense is going to be tired. It's going to be like a third and three. He's going to snap off a 17-yarder, put them in solid field goal position. They're going to run the clock a bit, stop it, 
and then Boswell hits the game winner 26-24. The Steelers start 1-0, big victory, beating the Bills as they begin their push to make the postseason. That's how I envision this playing out on Sunday. I feel pretty confident that this is what's going to happen. The key, as is in every game, turnovers. The Steelers must be on guard against the turnovers. Roethlisberger has to avoid the interceptions. Harris has got to hold on to the ball. And then the other key position I'm looking, going to be paying close attention to will be that offensive line when they do have to pass block because, again, I think there's there's not going to be a balance between passing and running. It's going to be 60-40 run to pass. But in those moments when the line has to pass protect, they give Roethlisberger a clean pocket. 26-24-1-0 to start the year. Man, can they quit opening on the road too? Can we get a home opener? Always on the road. But regardless, whether it's on the road or it's home, got to start with the win, and it starts with the win on Sunday. Would love to hear what you think, what your projections are for the game. Leave them in the comments. And then we'll compare notes the following week. And studyins. This is a shorter edition of the Still Study podcast this week. Again, we had a great week, a lot of content. This was the TJ Watt week. If ever there was a theme in a week, this was it. It was TJ all day, every day, but that contract is wrapped up. He spoke to the media on Friday and said, let's go win a Super Bowl. And yes, let's go win a Super Bowl. Let's get that thing started here on Sunday. Again, my gratitude to all of you for being supporters of the Still Study You sharing my work with your family and friends means so much to me. I can't thank you enough. That helps to spread the message of the site. Again, I'm committed to this. I'm having so much fun. This is my calling, y'all, right here. This is uh, what I love to do, and I'm going to continue to to do it. This is episode 20. I can't believe that. We're going to hit episode 100 of the study session next week, which is just crazy to me. We're going to be announcing the winner of the Steelers' brand new jersey contest. You can still enter that contest. Just go to my Twitter, at Still Study, and retweet, like, and comment on the article to enter that contest and win a brand new Steelers jersey. Again, please connect with me. I would love to hear from you via email. Drop me a line at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Mention the Twitter, at Still Study. Let's connect. Would love to hear feedback on the site, on the show. Love you guys, man. Want to want to hear from you. Want to make this site what you want it, what you need. 
as brethren and Steelers Nation. And again, you heard it here first, 26-24. The Steelers get the W. They start 1-0. They put the league on notice that this is a real deal contending team as they move on to week number two. And Studians, remember this as we close out here. Not everybody is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but you, my beautiful black and goldians, most certainly are. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy some college football today. Enjoy your family and your friends. I'll see you back here on Monday for another full week of study sessions, a lot of content, a lot of coverage of the game. Just have a great weekend and know that Jeremy, your boy here on the study, loves you. Peace out.